Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our draft lottery predictions for Wednesday night's NBA draft. So, Jalen, explain to our viewers or explain to our listeners what the rules are for this episode. Well, Ryan, yes, viewers as well, because the people who are going to see this on Instagram, we're going to post this as a very large video clip as well. They will see that I have this very nice NBA draft background. And the reasoning for this is with the drafts coming up on Wednesday, we thought we would do something a little special to put the cherry on top of the NBA draft need series that we capped off this past weekend. And we are going to have all those episodes uploaded soon. Basically, the premise of this is we have discussed every single team in the NBA, what they need, what they're looking for, what they should be looking for, and what kind of NBA draft prospect might be able to give said needs to them. But now we're going to go through the lottery and we're going to project who we believe will be the first 14 prospects off the board on Wednesday night. So the premise of this is it's going to be me and Ryan each playing GM essentially and picking for each team down the line all the way one through 14 to make things easier for people following along. Ryan will have all the odd number teams starting at number one with the Minnesota Timberwolves and I will have all the even number teams starting with number two with Golden State. So Ryan, that's pretty much the premise of it. Let's get into it, my guy. All right. With the first pick of the 2020 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves will select Anthony Edwards from Georgia. Anthony Edwards was the favorite to be the first overall pick, and I still think he is. 19 points a game last season. However, he only shot 29% from beyond the arc. He has a lot of upside, and having him be another option with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell on the floor would be huge for a team that has a lot of potential and it's beneficial and he's beneficial to have as a scoring option where you're able to create your own shot and be a dynamic playmaker. He's not the best defender, but I think with time and development, he could definitely become a good defender. And I think he fits the mold of this team. Can't argue with you on that one, my guy. That is definitely an excellent way to start off the draft. And Anthony Edwards is one of the top prospects in this year's class, including another guy who might just be coming up next. So with the second overall pick in this year's NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors will select James Wiseman, center out of Memphis. This is a guy who was only able to show us a very – very minute sample size in his time with Memphis, but he showed a dominating seven foot one stance as a guy who can spread the court with abilities to shoot the three ball. He's also kind of improving in that area, but the most important thing is Golden State has never really had a true offensive center. They've had Andrew Bogut once upon a time, and he was more of a rim runner that was also playing the rim defender role while Draymond Green was anchoring the team defense. This guy in James Wiseman is a guy who can play inside, outside, back to the basket, and gives them a 
completely di- different dynamic from any other big man that the Golden State Warriors have had so far in their five to six year run as top level talent, a top level team in the Western Conference. It's very shocking to hear that the Golden State Warriors would select James Wiseman because there was a lot of talk about how the Warriors were going to possibly trade out of the second overall pick, maybe move back to get a guy like Denny Avdia or select a guy like Denny Avdia with the second overall pick. But with the third overall pick, the Charlotte Hornets will select LaMelo Ball. So LaMelo Ball, he has a chance to change the culture of the Charlotte Hornets and make this team a great team again. He has solid court vision, great passing ability. Um, He takes a lot of questionable shots, though, and he isn't the best defender. But I think with time, he can develop into a great defender and become an overall great player. Um, I think the risk would definitely be worth the reward. I think Charlotte is a young team, and they do have a great point guard right now in Devontae Graham. But I think LaMelo could easily take that role over and maybe make Charlotte a playoff team. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I think looking at LaMelo Ball being the option for Charlotte, I think it's a perfect marriage, honestly, out of all the picks so far that we've already announced with the first two. I think that this third overall pick might actually be the most match-made-in-heaven-esque pick because of the fact that LaMelo Ball is a distributing point guard. Although he can be a bit high volume, he's a guy who shows that with his flashy passing ability and ability to handle the ball so ball on a string like basically being able to keep you know his 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 finger on the pulse of things they have a lot of talent in miles bridges pj washington i mean go down the list of guys malik monk who hasn't even been unlocked yet they have a handful of guys who definitely kind of just need that dynamic point guard to help get them all involved and as much as we we both love Devonte graham on this podcast i think Lamelo ball gives them a different change of pace that could be really interesting for them moving forward. And I think what you said at the end might be the most important capper. He could make them a playoff team towards that bottom end of the Eastern Conference. So I like it. But I'm hoping that this next team has something to say about that because it's my Chicago Bulls. At number four, the Chicago Bulls select small forward Denny Avdia out of Maccabi. This is a guy overseas prospect has shown us a lot over the last couple of months in terms of looking at the tape. Me and Ryan have had very high praise for this guy as a small forward that can help push the pace. He's a guy who can ball handle and gives the Bulls another dynamic athlete that runs the floor, can shoot the three, and do a lot in terms of being a versatile defender on the other end. With Otto Porter picking up his option for the Bulls going into next season. He's a guy who could either get moved on via trade or a guy who we can integrate into our offense, hopefully for the first time for a full season in terms of having him be a guy who contributes. And having a 3-4 combination of Denny Avdia and Otto Porter along with the dynamic playmaker and Zach Levine is definitely a three-headed monster on the offensive side that I think the Bulls could definitely use. And Denny Avdia is a great choice. I think, again, the Bulls needed some wing help, but I was kind of shocked that you didn't get a point guard. I, I'm just kind of shocked that you don't believe that the Bulls need a point guard because I do think that there are some equal issues at that position, but Danny Avdia is still a great choice. Um, with the fifth overall pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers will select Obi Toppin from the University of Dayton. 
Cleveland needs a big, and they have a lot of guards. So I don't think it would make a lot of sense to choose another guard when your team is already filled with guards. I think this is the right pick for two reasons. One, he's the hometown kid. He's from Ohio. He went to Dayton. And, of, and the second reason, Cleveland might end up losing guys like Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, and Andre Drummond. Uh, looks like Tristan Thompson's a free agent. He may not resign. Kevin Love looks like he could be a trade asset with a contender. And Andre Drummond may or may not stay, depending on if he picks up his option. Obi Toppin's athletic, especially when he's rebounding the ball, getting putbacks, and dunking on opposing defenders. He's a guy who averaged 20 and 7 in college. Honestly, I'm expecting nothing less when he goes to the NBA. And honestly, I think that's a great point in terms of talking about their front court depth because the biggest thing about that is this offseason could be huge in terms of what they could be losing out of that department. And this is already a team that has a litany of guards, so I don't really see any reason why they would be pulling the trigger on one of those guys um, further down the board from the guard spot unless they were able to move up and grab one of the guys we already listed, being LaMelo Barr or Anthony Edwards. If it's not one of those game-changing point guards, then I think Obi Toppin is just the next best option. It's sort of a BPA pick, but it's also a great role fit in terms of what they may need. Speaking of point guards, you talked about this being an issue for the for the Bulls. And, um, of course, I just hinted to the fact that the Cleveland Cavaliers could use a bit of help there but don't need it nearly as much. I'll tell you one need, one team that does need a little bit of point guard help. That's this next team, the Atlanta Hawks at number six. I believe that at number six, the Atlanta Hawks will select Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa State. Now, I loved Killian Hayes at this spot, but I genuinely feel like Tyrese Halliburton's defensive acumen is going to be what really helps him fit into this type of area for the Atlanta Hawks. The biggest detriment to the Atlanta Hawks this past season was what? After Trey Young comes off the court, there's no true point guard to really be able to run the offense for them. Once upon a time, there was Dennis Schroeder in the mix. He went on and put himself in a six-man-of-the-year candidate level um, as a six-man-of-the-year level uh, player for the Oklahoma City Thunder this past season. So, unfortunately, they didn't have that kind of assistance. I think they can get that from a guy in Tyrese Halliburton who might not have the offensive acumen that Dennis Schroeder has, but he definitely has the defensive acumen that can help cover for a guy like Trey Young, and he can be plugged right in to be able to run an offense off the bench. And you did mention Killian Hayes with that last pick, and I believe with the seventh overall pick, the Detroit Pistons will select Killian Hayes from France. It's obvious that Detroit is a rebuilding team. They need help everywhere, and I think they have to go with – they have to target the point guard first, and they should get Killian Hayes. It's safe to say that he's climbing the draft board. Every, he's climbing a lot of draft boards, a 6'5 guard who has a 6'9 wingspan. He's versatile. He struggled defensively, like you mentioned before, but I think he has a lot of offensive potential, especially with the fact that he's some, he has solid court vision and a shot that is still developing. I think that the Pistons can potentially build a franchise around Killian Hayes. I think that's an excellent pick. Honestly, it's the biggest thing they're missing, I feel like. And that's saying a lot because this is a team that we feel like has a lot of holes to plug. But I think that the point guard position, if you're going to start um, from the head down, you got to start with the point guard because his ability to facilitate Killian Hayes' ability to play off the ball 
and the fact that he should be able to play with a bit of pace. That should definitely be able to help a guy like Blake Griffin, who's already developed as a bit of a, you know, a bit of a point forward in his own right. I think that's going to give them another ball handler to help get things spread out. And I think it'll be a huge addition to their team. With the eighth overall pick, we have the New York Knicks. The probably one of the most interesting picks in this year's draft. And I believe the New York Knicks at eighth overall will select Isaac Okoro, small forward out of Auburn. As interesting as the pick may seem, I think that the most interesting thing that needs to be taken into consideration is what they have done this offseason so far, which is not very much in terms of player acquisition. But what have they done in terms of the coaching room? They acquired a guy in Tom Thibodeau. And what do we know about Tom Thibodeau level level or led teams? Tom Thibodeau loves defensive acumen. Most, if not all, of the the teams that uh, Tom Thibodeau has coached in the past outside of maybe the Minnesota Timberwolves has been a top five, if not at worst, top ten level defense in the league all the years that he's been in tenure with them, including the Chicago Chicago Bulls being at the top of that list, as well as his time spent with the Boston Celtics during their championship run. So I believe a guy with, in Isaac Okoro who has the build, 6'6", 225, young 19-year-old that has all the physical intangibles to be a defensive threat, gives them exactly the kind of player that they need, who plays with his head and his physicality rather than his heart and his instinct. And I think that's something that works extremely well, plugging him in for a guy like Tom Thibodeau who loves def- the defensive side of the ball. And honestly, it's... It's a very good pick considering that Tom Thibodeau is the perfect defensive coach for New York. Isaac Okoro is a great defensive player. I think he should fit well with New York. Um, So at number nine, your team, the Washington Wizards, I believe the Washington Wizards will select Aaron Neesmith out of Vanderbilt. I mentioned a couple of episodes ago that Aaron Aaron Neesmith is one of the best three point shooters in the draft. He averaged 23 points a game and shot 52% from three. I think he's shown that he could be a great defender. And the Wizards not only need shooters, but they also need good defensive. They need a good defensive player. And I think Aaron Neesmith can not only provide, it can not only provide defensive help, but being that he's one of the best shooters in college, being that one of he's the being that one of he's that being that he is one of the best three-point shooters coming out of college, this seems like a no-brainer selection for Washington. I definitely think that Aaron Neesmith is an interesting pick. We talked about this on our final episode of the NBA Draft Needs series, talking about the fact that they could be losing a lot of help in that department from the in terms of talking about the three-point shot. I think that that's going to be something that they have to keep their eyes on when they're thinking about a guy like Davis Bertans who could be on their, on his way out. I think adding a guy who could shoot the three the way he does and be a, a high-level defender that can guard at least one through threes will be huge for this team because with a guy like John Wall facilitating and having a guy like Bradley Beal on your team who acquires a lot or requires a lot of attention – this is definitely a team that could definitely add some more three-point shooting. And if Davis Bertans is retained, 
you have one of the most dynamic offensive starting lineups in the league. And that's what a guy like Rui Hachimura still being in the mix, a guy like Thomas Bryant who leads at the center position and a lot of other young pieces that they can build around. So I honestly love the pick of Aaron Neesmith. Can't talk, can't talk two-way wings without looking at a team like the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns have the 10th overall pick. And I believe with the 10th overall pick in this year's draft, the Phoenix Suns will go with Devin Vassell out of Florida State. I believe that when we're talking about two-way wings, I believe, De- De- uh, I believe that Vassell is amongst the top, if not the top, small forward, not only in this draft class, but definitely in terms of what's left on the board right now. Aaron Neesmith, for you, was the first one to go. I believe Devin Vassell might even be a better player in terms of translating to the next level. After the recent news that we received about Chris Paul being traded to the Phoenix Suns, they are going to lose out on a guy in Kelly Oubre who occupied a lot of that small small forward space. And that leaves Mikael Bridges and Abdel Nader as the two guys who are going to occupy that space moving forward. I think that that lack of depth at small forward is something that's going to need to be addressed. And we still have not seen anything but really high level defense from Mikael Bridges. And I believe Aaron Neesmith is a guy who we can see develop as a good two-way player on this Phoenix Suns team and the help that he would be able to get from the scoring in on a, from a guy like Devin Booker, as well as a facilitation of Chris Paul is all going to open things up for a guy who can shoot the three and play defense. He's going to be able to get plugged right in and do exactly what he needs to do from day one. Cause he's not going to get asked to do much. I will respond to your selection of a small forward with another small forward, another three and D wing. Uh, I believe the San Antonio Spurs at number 11, will select Sadiq Bey out of Villanova. Um, I believe he can be one of the best 3 and D wings in this draft. He can get the open looks and knock down the shots, but he's also a great defender that can hold his own and shut down the opposing players or the, oppo- the opponent's best player. Um, considering that the Spurs have their backcourt pretty much um, set up with Deontay Murray and Derek White, um, I think the Spurs need to focus on getting a small forward considering the fact that DeMar DeRozan has been in trade talks with the Los Angeles Lakers. So I think that really only adds to the fact that they need a small forward. So I think Sadiq Bey is a great, a great choice for the, for the San Antonio Spurs. I think that is an excellent San Antonio Spurs kind of guy. And I think the way that he can develop in that system could be huge with the accompanying of pop. I think that they're going to have a big hole to fill at small forward because although DeMar DeRozan has been um, reported as picking up his player option, he is a guy who still may potentially be on the trade block. I think he picked up his player option more so to do with the fact that it was just way too hard to turn up that kind of money. But I genuinely feel like that's a guy who can produce a lot at that position and do it very early and often. Plus it does address a, a, a position of need because they have the guard positions locked up, but I think small forward and power forward are two positions that they still drastically needed to address. And I think Sadiq Bay definitely steps into that area. Moving on to the 12th overall pick, we have the Sacramento Kings. And as much as I am not a fan of this team, I love this 12th, this 12th spot because it puts them in a really great position to be able to acquire some more point guard depth behind the homie De'Aaron Fox. I think that this is a perfect time for the Sacramento Kings with a 12th overall pick 
to select a guy in Kira Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. I believe that this is a guy who plays with a very similar similar mindset to a guy like De'Aaron Fox, which gives them another guy who can give them speed, versatility, scoring acumen, and a guy who is able to pass the ball around and get others involved. This is a guy who averaged almost 19 points per game, nearly two, two steals per game, five assists, nearly five rebounds, and did it on nearly 50% shooting from the field and 37% shooting from three. I think he's a guy that they can put in there as a backup point guard to De'Aaron Fox and give them that same kind of up and down momentum that De'Aaron provides them and creates a little bit of consistency on this team for a roster that doesn't seem to be able to figure out what kind of direction it's going in. I know there's guys like Harry Giles that have been injured, guys like Marvin Bagley, who was recently drafted, who didn't get to see the type of time that we would have expected. Um, and I do believe that Luke Walton is a guy who is going to be on the clock if he does not figure out how he wants to truly turn this roster into a producing unit. I think a guy like Kira Lewis Jr. is a guy who's going to come in and just play off pure effort. And that's not something that you have to worry about a coach and Luke Walton messing up because all you got to do is put him on the court. And I think Kira will do the rest. And I think with the 13th overall pick, I have to keep up the theme of choosing a small forward. This time with the 13th overall pick, I believe the New Orleans Pelicans will select Patrick Williams out of Florida State. I think the Pelicans need I think the Pelicans need versatility at the forward position and a player that can defend. I think Patrick Williams does not, is not the best offensive player in this draft, but I don't think New Orleans really needs a lot of help with scoring considering they have guys like Brandon Ingram and Jeru Holiday on that team. Um, I think New Orleans has a chance to really mold Patrick Williams into a great 3 and D wing. Um, I mean, he can defend. He can hit the offensive glass. Um, I mean, he seems like a good fit in New Orleans. He, I think he is pretty much he, – he pretty much just needs to improve on his shooting if he ever fulfills the potential of a lottery pick. Um, I think he honestly I, – I think he honestly has the potential to become one of the best 3 and D wings, maybe even be as good as his college teammate Devin Vassell. I think – Patrick Williams seems like a great selection considering that they need help with small forward. Seems like Patrick Williams is a great choice to go to new Orleans. Couldn't agree. And honestly, the funny thing about him is, is as I went down the board, I almost didn't even remember that he was still on the board as an option. That was definitely a guy who could have been um, a great asset to the Sacramento Kings had, um, had he been selected there. I think that that's a guy who has a lot of versatility. And I think the interesting thing about the New Orleans Pelicans in general is the fact that he's already used to being a bench role player. He's a guy who's used to doing his dirt in limited minutes. And I think he's a guy coming off the bench. He was sixth man of the year in the ACC this past season. And I think he, I think he will be able to develop into a more sporadic overall player. I think with, De I think with Devin Vassell, and in this case, Patrick Williams, I think these are two guys similar to a lot of the Kentucky guys we typically see in these draft classes that we see a little sprinkle of who they can be as freshmen in college. But when they're unleashed onto the offensive and defensive acumens and, and game style, 
of the NBA that's a lot more open and free flowing, we see a completely different skill set than what we could have ever expected. And I think a guy like Patrick Williams can pick some of that stuff up and show us a bit more in the league. I think New Orleans is a perfect place to go with that. So I guess here's where we finish things up in terms of the lottery. And we've got the Boston Celtics, one of what feels like a million in this draft, right, Ryan? This is a team that does not need very much. And I think that they're in a very interesting, they're in a very interesting spot because of the fact that they don't necessarily need this pick and the roster depth that they have doesn't really warrant them to use it. Patrick Williams is a very interesting prospect in terms of being able to build somebody up. I thought he would have been a really great pick for this team. I believe that with the 14th overall pick, the Boston Celtics select Alexei Pokusevsky out of overseas. Honestly, this is a guy who I do not see any necessarily, I don't see any necessarily, uh, I don't necessarily, necessarily see any holes in his game offensively. This is a guy who provides a lot offensively, standing at seven foot one, seven foot two. And he provides a lot of dynamic offensive playmaking that I think that could, I think could be extremely helpful to the Boston Celtics. There's one big glaring hole for the Boston Celtics every single season, and it's their it's their inability to get consistent offensive production from their power forward slash center positions. We saw a lot of development from a guy in Robert Williams, um, Robert Williams, the Time Lord. We've seen little inklings of Taco Fall in and out of the lineup, and we saw we saw a lot of stuff in minimal in minimal gains from a guy like Daniel Tice. I think a guy like Alexi Pokusevski gives them the height advantage to be able to get more um, more aggressive on the offensive and defensive boards, as well as his overall offensive skill set I mean we're talking about a guy who's in the the height conversation for being near a guy like Taco Fall but having the kind of offensive skill set of that of a Christos Porzingis or even a Dirk Nowitzki I think this is something that could be extremely interesting I think in the developmental program that the Boston Celtics have he could be a guy who puts on a little bit of muscle and kind of becomes a true threat for them down low to say that was a surprise is an understatement. I'm very shocked that you have Alexei Pokusevsky as a lottery pick, but not saying that he isn't a great player. I think it's just more the fact that I was just surprised that there's a chance that Boston could select him with the 14th overall pick. But speaking of surprises, Jalen, I kind of wanted to get your opinion on who, who you believe one guy is in the draft that is being slept on or who, who you believe one guy that is being slept or who you believe is a sleeper draft pick outside of the lottery, a sleeper draft pick outside of the lottery, man, I think an easy guy to touch on for me personally, it has to be a guy like, man, it has to be a guy like Trey Jones. I have to be honest. This is a guy who he went back to college after a superb season alongside Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish, all early lottery picks, all didn't even go into the double digits where they were selected. And he comes back, 
not only does he improve his three-point shooting, which was, his, which, which was his biggest knock last season, where he was actually projected to be a top of, top of the first round pick that past year, he not only came back to school and improved his three-point shooting, but he also became ACC Defensive Player of the Year and was one of the best defensive guards in the country. I think this is a guy who could definitely provide a big punch off the bench as a dude who can coexist with superstars as a guy who runs the offense and gets guys into their spots, gets them where they want to be at, and also plays superb team and one-on-one defense, which I think is huge in this league in terms of being a one-on-one defender. Because guess what, Ryan? All the guards are good now. It's not even just the Western Conference anymore. All the guards are good. And anybody that you can put on an island as a one-on-one defender against some of the great guards that we see nowadays in the Kyrie Irvings, the James Hardens, the Steph Currys of the world that you can trust to be able to cover in one-on-one coverage, I think that's something that's in lost art. I think one-on-one defense is something that's starting to wane away because of all the team zone concepts. And I think a guy like Trey Jones breaks the mold a bit because now that he's developed as a bit of an offensive player, we're talking about potentially one of the better two-way guards in this draft class. And somehow he's projected towards the bottom end of the first round. And I think he could get selected a lot higher if somebody has a big grade on him. I have to go a different direction with my surprise, uh, with my sleeper pick. And I actually have to select Jalen Smith out of Maryland. I think the improvement that he's shown from freshman year to sophomore year, that has to be noted. Um, He improved from playing up 11 and six to 15 and 10 his sophomore year. He also improved his three point numbers shooting 26% his freshman year and and, uh, improving to 36% his sophomore year. He also just went up over a block a game. He went from a block a game to over two blocks a game. Um, He's another solid rim protector who can not only shoot, but, could become a great addition at, for any team at the four or the five. And I think, I think in some cases, he has a chance to be a, an instant starter. And Ryan, honestly, I find that pick extremely interesting because he's a guy who I honestly think, especially with a lot of the things going on surrounding a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge for the San Antonio Spurs, I think that's definitely a guy that the San Antonio Spurs at 11 could definitely end up reaching on because of the fact that he's improved as a three-point shooter. He shows offensive and defensive acumen as a guy who can play on both sides of the court, something that we definitely do not see from a guy in LaMarcus Aldridge. And he's a coachable player. He's a guy who was willing to get himself back in the gym from the, from this prior season, come back to college and improve. And he ended up doing so like you listed off improving in literally every statistical category and it also showed up in the win columns for maryland this past season so i think that all of those things are huge and he's a guy who i do agree with you i think he could easily slip in to the lottery between the phoenix suns the san antonio spurs and maybe maybe even the new orleans pelicans depending on the circumstances just based off fit so i find that really interesting you kind of sprung up a little bit of a question to me so i'm going to flip the question over to you who is a team here in this lottery that you feel might want to trade up to try to make a move, make a run at one of these top three guys in LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards? If there was one of these teams that you feel like had the assets and the cojones to package a deal to put themselves in a position to get one of these top three picks, 
what team do you think is in the best position and with and has the most faith in their in their assets to move up into one of those slots? I think all eyes are on the New York Knicks. Um, I've heard all off season that there's a chance they keep that they are going to trade up to the second overall pick to try to get a guy like Lamelo Ball. I think this it seems like that the New York Knicks are really the only team that have a chance to get a guy like LaMelo Ball, actually trade up to get a guy like LaMelo Ball. I think they have the assets to trade to the Golden State Warriors for the second overall pick. It has to be the New York Knicks. Can't be mad at the New York Knicks, but I'm going to name somebody extremely interesting, and this is very left for a guy, that for the guy that I'm going to list off for this. But I think that it's something that would be worth their while. I'm targeting the second overall pick and I'm looking at you, Boston Celtics. I'm looking at you, Danny Ainge. You have the 14th overall pick. You have later round picks in this very first round with the 26th and the 30th. And you have another one at 47. This is a team that has a lot of packet, uh, package potential. They have a lot of guys that they can definitely package in a deal to move up to that second overall pick. And we were just talking about their situation in terms of the center spot and their lack of production offensively at that position they will also potentially have to look at a guy in Enos Cantor in terms of what could happen of locking him up long term a guy like Daniel Tice is not a guy that I think they're going to have the kind of long-term faith in shout out Aaron Baines as being a guy of similar ilk who had to prove himself elsewhere with the Phoenix Suns and I think a guy like Robert Williams is a guy who's still improving why not package a couple of picks and maybe a player or two prospect-wise that could be a potential starter, if not potential rotational piece for the Golden State Warriors, and target that center position by going after James Wiseman at two. We're talking about a lineup that could have Kimball Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, potentially still Marcus Smart, and, and a guy like James Wiseman Manning down the center position, I think James Wiseman would instantly be an upgrade from any of the centers they have on the roster, and they have the capital to do it. And that seems like a good question to ask our fans for our question of the day. What team do you believe has the draft capital to try to trade into a top three pick? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast, of course. Make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get our podcasts. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.